It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. On a Thursday morning at Wax, shank of the day, baby. It's uh, cool out there. Well, it's cold, I guess. We don't nothing cool about it. Six above right here. Rice Lakes three below. Hayward's two below, and a lot of places are. Below zero this morning. It'll warm up, though, to 33 today, 43 tomorrow, so that's pretty nice. We'll take a look at that a little bit later on. Bob and Jill with you. Did you get all plowed out? And uh, How much snow did you get in Osseo, enough to back up things at uh, the Welke Land and Cattle Company? No, I didn't even scoop out by my door. You didn't? No, it's, oh, not, that, it's not that deep. And besides, if I scoop down, then I get to the ice, so I might oh, as well walk true. in the snow. Yeah. That, yeah, that's a dangerous thing. Again, be careful because the trucks got out yesterday and did get sand in most of the roads, most of the streets, but uh, there might be one corner that might be a little bit tricky, so just be careful out there. But hopefully today and by today and tomorrow it'll thaw out a little bit, 33 today and 43 tomorrow, but then Saturday it won't get out of the teens. So, again, that's going on. And a good day for uh, 13, a good day for a meeting. So the Farm Bureau will have their annual conventions this weekend down at uh, Kalahari in Wisconsin, Dell. So uh, they'll be busy down there. A lot of interesting things they've got to take care of. Some uh, personnel decisions with the Wisconsin Farm Bureau. So that's, uh, that's coming up. The next week, the Farmers Union will be down at uh, Chula Vista in Wisconsin, Dells. And uh, what do we got, the Boysville FFA on the air this Saturday morning? Yes, we do. All right. We were over there yesterday and did that with the kids. And holy man, uh, Brady Mast, the young guy down there, he's an officer, treasurer of the Boysville chapter. Man, did he shoot a big buck. It uh, should be about a 12-pointer, but a broken tine, it's about 11. But big, wide brow tines on it. And holy man, we talked to him about that. So that'll be on the program Saturday morning. But uh, man, oh man, I don't know. I don't know how he got it out of the wood. He's only about five foot tall. I don't know how he got that big buck out of the wood. But he said field rest, it was 205. Wow. So a nice deer. So we'll talk about that when we get to uh, those folks at uh, Boysville on Saturday. Lots of other things. The Class 3 price is already out for November. So we got lots to talk about this morning. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, some pretty nice weather. 33 today, 43 tomorrow. In fact, uh, for the next five or six days, partly cloudy conditions. The only uh, chance of snow or whatever it might be on Monday, chance of precipitation. But they're calling for the high temperature to be about 31. So that could be kind of, you know, mix of just about anything. But 33 today, 43 tomorrow, Saturday. The high will be 17. So again, it's December in Wisconsin. Wonder if she's got my Christmas present bought yet. But been a while since we've exchanged Christmas gifts. So darn Tim McGraw keeps getting in the way. It's Faith Hill on Wax. Remember when I talked to her? Sat back in a tent. We were going to do a little interview and a picture taking deal, and we got to talking. She was so excited about being in Eau Claire for country. I said, why? She said, well, because of Presto. I said, what's that got to do with anything? Presto and Country Jam. She said, well, my dad works at Presto in Mississippi or wherever in the world she's from. So she wanted to be here and come up here and see what Presto is all about. So Faith Hill, a little tie to the Chippewa Valley and uh, just a beautiful lady and what a talent. Hey, it's about a minute after five. This is 104.5 FM WAXX Eau Claire. Let's see what's going on. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. 
A federal appeals court judge has rejected a bid by the Biden administration to revive the student loan forgiveness plan. The Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals on Wednesday declined to put a hold on a ruling from a Texas judge earlier this month that vacated the $400 billion student debt relief program. The Biden administration wanted the ruling put on hold during the appeals process, but the federal three-judge panel rejected that request. The court did, however, call for the appeal to be held on an expedited basis. House Democrats are now in possession of former President Trump's tax returns after a multi-year court battle. Brian Shook has more. Reports say the House Ways and Means Committee now has access to six years of Trump's financial records. On Wednesday, the Treasury Department said it complied with last week's Supreme Court decision that denied Trump's emergency appeal to block the handover. It's all part of an investigation by House Democrats into the IRS's presidential audit program. I'm Brian Shook. Interest rate hikes might be getting smaller. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell made a speech on Wednesday and indicated that the central bank will raise interest rates by a half percentage point, which is down a quarter percent from previous rate hikes to combat inflation. Daryl Brooks Jr. is appealing his conviction in the Waukesha, Wisconsin Christmas Parade case. Lisa Taylor fills us in. Brooks filed a notice of appeal Tuesday asking for help from the public defender's office. In his trial, Brooks defended himself. In his note, Brooks said he didn't want to cause controversy, but mentioned clear issues of the law and the legal facts in the case. I'm Lisa Taylor. And McDonald's is offering free meals for life with its new McGold card. Starting Monday, every order completed on the McDonald's app for at least $1 will enter customers into a contest to win a McGold card. Three winners will get a special card that earns them free McDonald's for life. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, weather not bad. 33 today for the high, partly cloudy. It's kind of a cool start to the morning. We'll check some temperatures around the area. Down to about 8 above uh, overnight. And then uh, that's around here. Other places are probably going to get colder. But tomorrow and Friday, 43 the high and partly cloudy skies. <laughs> It'll cool right back off on Saturday, only 17. 30 on Sunday, but a sunny day. And I was at bowling last night, and guys were saying that there are already people out ice fishing. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, up around Bloomer and uh, farther north than that. So <laughs> be careful, but uh, they're out there ice fishing. So, again, good luck and uh, wear a life jacket when you're going out there. But anyway, so be careful. But 43 tomorrow, then 17 on Saturday, Sunday, sunny and 30. Monday, chance of precipitation and 31. It's three below in Rice Lake, two below in Hayward, Medford, six above. Marshfield, nine above. La Crosse, 13. Green Bay, 16. Madison, Sun Prairie, 17. Milwaukee, it's 20. And right now, it's about six above in our area. Farm. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Seven minutes after five o'clock at Wax and Rural Mutual Insurance. And they'll be part of the Farm Bureau meeting, of course, this weekend down at uh, Wisconsin Dells. And uh, let's take a look at the markets. Jill, the livestock numbers. Choice fed beef steers are 144 to 160 and a half, with mixed at 116 to 143. Choice fed beef heifers are 143 to 163, with mixed at 103 to 142. Choice fed Holstein steers are 130 to 147, with select and silage fed steers 80 to 129. 
Cows are 58 to 95 with bulls at 60 to 101. Butcher hogs are 75 to 93 and a quarter and sows are 41 and a half to 45. Boars are 15 to 17. Shorn market lambs are 111 to 124. Unshorn market lambs, there's no quote. Feeder lambs are 105 to $2. Ewes are 65 to 97 and a half. Small goats are 10 to $185. Medium goats are 45 to $245. Large goats are one hundred forty-five to five hundred thirty dollars, and nanny goats are seventy to three hundred five dollars. And at the Mercantile Exchange, the livestock futures all higher across the board yesterday. Cattle and hogs, December live cattle closed one fifty three oh seven up forty. February live cattle one fifty five sixty seven up eighty seven. April one fifty nine twenty seven up seventy. And June cattle one fifty five fifty seven at the close. That was up twenty seven. Feeder cattle for January. 18047 up 247 March at 18345 up 227 also April was 16 that's up 195 May up a dollar 80 at 18977 August $200.40 that was up 205 lean hogs for December 8290 up 182 February 8535 that was up a dollar 20 April up 90 cents at 9065 and May at 9540 that was up 40 cents and on the board of trade beans were higher yesterday on good demand for me for uh, soybean meal corn down on slow exports and also slower ethanol demand and down overnight on the board as well March corn down three to four cents 663 the oats down a penny at 384. The March wheat down seven at seven eighty eight. March soybeans down nine to ten cents at fourteen sixty five a bushel on that March contract this morning. Soybean meal up a dollar and a half at four seventeen fifty. Barrel cheese was up one and three quarters yesterday to one eighty one and three quarters. Block cheese fell two and a half to two oh six and a half. Butter was down a half a cent to two ninety two and a half. December class three down two at nineteen eighty three. January down nineteen. At 1942, February down 21 at 1943, March down 16 at 1965, and April down 7 at 1980. Obviously, no $20 milk on the board. We'll take a look at that uh, November Class 3 price coming up. But uh, 10 minutes after 5, we had a chance about a week, maybe 10 days ago or better, a chance to talk to a young lady, an agronomist from our area. She's actually down in the Toma area. And we were talking to uh, Samantha about uh, the corn harvest and the bean harvest, how it's going along, and what she found as the, the harvest was moving towards the end. And we'll catch up on those comments next. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. The corn harvest well underway in Wisconsin. And how's it going? We're going to look through an agronomist's eyes at the corn harvest this morning. Samantha Courtbine is with us. And Samantha is a golden harvest agronomist covering the state of Wisconsin, headquartered out of the Toma area. And uh, Samantha, how many fields have you got a chance to walk? How many combines have you had a chance to ride in? What's been your observation of the corn harvest so far? Um, it's been a great harvest so far. We've been so fortunate with the nice weather. Um, most guys have wrapped up soybeans or getting really close. And with corn, um, that's been moving right along. We're about 50% complete there. Um, and people have been really pleased with the results that they're seeing. So you've seen some pretty good harvest results, and the crop has been standing pretty good for the harvest, both beans and corn? Overall, I mean, we challenged, there were some challenges with the delayed planting this spring, 
and there was some early frost in areas. So some test weights could be a little low if the frost hit it, but overall there have just been really positive results, and, yeah, standability has been great. And in some areas, we have been a little short of moisture, not compared to what they've been out west, but we have seen some moisture shortages. Have you seen that showing up as far as the yields are concerned? Yeah, so there were, especially in the late part of June, there was some dry conditions up in the northwest part of the state that can limit yield. I think guys were kind of expecting it and knew that going into harvest, and we're still really pleased uh, with the outcomes. It does kind of, you see the defensive hybrids, and you see um, a different type of results when you have conditions like that. You see different hybrids do better and can kind of learn a lot from these types of years as well. Have you seen some of the practices, uh, herbicide management, fungicides, having an effect too this year on the crop? Weed management in soybeans was definitely a challenge this year. With the late planting, it can be hard to time those herbicide applications. And also on sometimes dry years or really good years, you can really see the effect of fertilizer as well. So managing and balancing fertility can really be key, um, and we're seeing those results this fall and the effect that that can have. What have you seen, if any, as far as disease problems? Are we seeing any mycotoxin in the corn? We hear about uh, tar spot. Uh, what's been your <laughs> observation? So starting with soybeans, uh, sudden death syndrome was more widespread this year. Some people who had never seen it before in their soybean fields were seeing it this year. So that's kind of a new challenge Wisconsin growers may be facing. Um, white mold was prevalent in some areas. Um, and then in corn, yes, northern corn leaf blight uh, was very heavy early on this year. Tar spot came in uh, maybe a little bit later than what we saw the last year, but was still just as heavy as pressure. And um, that can cause some standability issues, but overall um, it's still... It didn't affect yields quite as much as maybe what we've seen in the past, but it can in some scenarios. Uh, and that's why growers thinking about timely fungicide applications and hybrid selection um, can be really key to seeing, you know, performance and handling those diseases. Golden Harvest agronomist Samantha Kortbein is with us. Samantha works the state of Wisconsin for Golden Harvest. Well, Samantha, tell us about some of those Golden Harvest hybrids and uh, how they match up against some of the challenges that you just talked about. Golden Harvest has great uh, tolerance to tar spot. Um, some of our hybrids definitely more so than others, but overall as a portfolio, we're very uh, proud and excited about our performance with tar spot. Also, we have some new products, a GOOA97, so a new 100-day product for us that can handle those wide conditions, tar spot, um, and can even handle some of those tough conditions like we talked about the drier weather up in the northern part of the state. And again, Samantha Courtbine with the Golden Harvest. Samantha down in the uh, Toma area. Had a chance to talk to her. I forgot. And again, you can tell this was a, a couple of weeks ago, but... Uh, Again, when I talked to her, she's from, uh, where did she say she was from originally? But out in, I don't know, Kansas, North Dakota. But I'm going to talk to her again here and get her a wrap-up of the season uh, very soon with Samantha Courtbine with Golden Harvest. 16 minutes after 5 o'clock, that final crop report's come in. We'll take a look at that coming up on WAC. 
feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 17 minutes after 5 o'clock and uh, let's get a little bit of an update on the crops. Jill, where are we at? The USDA issued its final crop progress report for the 2022 season this week, and it shows the corn and soybean harvest are essentially finished for this year and that the condition of the winter wheat crop is improving. The crop is now rated 34% to in good to excellent condition, up 2% from a week ago, but 10% behind where the crop was last year on the 1st of December. Going into winter, the report also shows topsoil moisture in the lower 48 is now rated 50%, very good, or very short to short, with the western states being the driest. Those reports will begin again on April 3rd of next year. But here in Wisconsin and a few other states, farmers are still working at the corn harvest. Here we have 87% of the corn harvested. That's about 12 days behind last year. Current moisture levels in the corn being harvested are about 18%. Farmers also report their winter wheat is now rated 83% good to excellent, and they have 83% of their fall tillage done, about a week behind last year. Topsoil moisture conditions fell slightly this week to 81% adequate to surplus, 17% short, and 2% very short. And with the just-ended gun deer season across the state... With over 203,000 deer taken by gun hunters, about 14% more than last year. But maybe more interesting is where those hunters come from. The DNR wrap-up of the season shows gun hunting licenses were sold to hunters in all 50 states, as well as some from Washington, D.C. and Puerto Rico. Also, DNR officials reported that hunters also came from 21 different countries to hunt deer in Wisconsin this year. That season-ended report shows all four deer management zones showed harvest increases from last year. All right, and uh, some nice deer were taken, as always, some big deer. And hopefully, if you were out there hunting, you got yours. Also, we've got the uh, November official Class 3. We'll tell you more about it later. But the November Class 3 did come out officially at $21.01 a hundred. And we'll see how that compares later on as we look at some of the numbers. Also coming up, a little world view of economics. We're going to hear from some folks from Robobank, the trends we are seeing around the world. And we're going to do that next. Six degrees right now around the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls area. It's going to be partly cloudy today, and we'll look for 33, 43 tomorrow. But uh, don't open the windows too far, because on Saturday, the high is only going to be 17. Coming up, some economic trends from around the world right here on Wax. Keep it at Rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Everybody has their crystal ball out as far as what they expect in 2023 from agriculture and on down the line. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And it's something that these organizations like banks have to do. And uh, charity, they share information that uh, we have to take a look at so we know where we're going. Absolutely, Bob. Harvest is wrapping up in Wisconsin and now begins the preparations for 2023. I'm Charity Stebecker from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Steve Nicholson, the global sector strategist for grains and oil seeds at Rabobank, 
shares more about factors that are impacting the global commodities outlook for 2023. But first, we talk about the latest economic analysis on the progress and current status of U.S. corn and um, soybean harvest. The good news is harvest is really pretty well wrapped up. You know, I think it's been a real variable harvest. You hear people going, it was a great year. Other people said it was a so-so year, and other people, it was a horrible year. So, you know, really, bottom line is when you look at what's happening with corn and soybeans, fundamentals are still good, supporting the prices. We're tight on supply. A lot of chatter in the marketplace a little bit about demand side, high prices to destroy demand. I remind people, I said, we've had high prices now for two years, and we haven't seen any sort of pullback in demand. And the other thing people said, well, the USDA is pulling demand back. I said, okay, let's cut into that a little bit more. So if you look at USDA in their models, they'll go through and the model will get to an Indian stocks number. And when that Indian stocks number is low, what do you do? Particularly when you've already forecast the supply side, you've got to cut demand. And if you look at what's happened in the last several months, the last couple months in WASD, you're starting to see USDA pick demand back up a little bit. One is they have a little bit more supply, but at the same time, they're picking up demand because they see demand is not going to be that low. So that's the thing. We have low stocks. We still have good demand. And not to get too nerdy, but if you start to look at demand curves and look at the prices where they are and you see where we are today on demand and price and you're like wow and you look at where we were when the price was that high before and the demand was much lower so i won't say price is immaterial but the, the fact is the demand is still there so we are still friendly in the markets for farmers but you know it's just one of those things it's going to be volatile and i know that's kind of where we want to talk about next so what factors are impacting the global commodities outlook for the projection of 2023 so yes the weather has not been cooperative and that's kind of true all over the world in many regions. And we can all kind of walk through that. But for everything we just talked about, if Mother Nature would cooperate, then we'd be okay in the sense that we would see stocks rise, we'd see production rise, but we'd also see a little bit of a downdraft in prices. But that doesn't look very promising right now. So when we look around the globe and we think about what's happening globally, so we know what's happening here and we'll come back to the U.S. and what the impact of weather's been. Go to South America, had a good start to the season there. I won't say life is perfect, but life is okay there. It's been a little dry in northern Argentina. They've had some rain. We're starting to see some dryness creep into Mato Grosso in Brazil. And this is very similar. If you look at the weather pattern a year ago versus today, start off the same way. We had good weather to start the growing season, good start to the crop, and then the fossils turned off. We hope that doesn't happen for lots of reasons, but I think we have to be careful about that. Europe was very dry this summer. It is still dry in Europe. And the other problem in Europe is going to be what sort of fertilizer will be available to them as we come into the 23 growing season. As you know, many of the nitrogen plants are shut down because of high price of natural gas. Some of them have come back online. That's the good news, but we'll see going forward. You know, the other challenge is Australia. The good news, Australia's had third year of near record crops of wheat and canola, but they can't get it out because the logistics aren't there. And now what's happening in Australia is they've had too much rain in the eastern part, New South Wales and Victoria, and you're starting to see quality detrigation on the wheat market. So a lot more feed wheat than milling quality wheat. So you can see that weather is an impact all the way around the world. And so we'll see what 23 brings. You know, I'm not a meteorologist, but, you know, the fact is the drought continues to move east of the United States, and so that's a concern. Let's go to our favorite part of the world. If you look at what's happening in Ukraine and Russia, it's a horrible situation. And I'll give them all the credit in the world. It's amazing they've planted crops, harvested crops, and even shipped some crops even before the Black Sea Grain Initiative. But I don't know that that's going to continue. How can they continue in a war zone, continue to produce crops going forward? And on top of that, you know, the world's buyers have seen this, obviously, and are very 
very concerned and have started to diversify their supply chain like they should. And so you've seen buyers pull away from Russia or they're still dabbling there, but they're not dabbling as much. So that puts more pressure back on the major exporters of corn, wheat, and soybean in the world to make up that difference. And in the case of wheat, that's going to be difficult because the exporters don't have that wheat. They've seen declines in their stocks as well. So the Ukraine-Russian is going to have a long tail on, on agriculture, a long tail on the markets. It's not going to go away anytime soon. So it's going to add to volatility. You know, that's not going to go away either. So it's a horrible situation. We hope it would be cured tomorrow, but I'm afraid it's not going to be. And so it's something we as agriculture as a whole are just going to have to live with it. And it's going to cause a lot more, a lot of price volatility. Well, that's kind of not the negatives, but that is the real life situation and scenario of where we're at. There's always that market volatility, that uncertainty with weather, with current events, that you're putting that crop in in good hope and good faith that you're going to get a good yield and be able to export it and make your money back or more. But what the producer's point of view, what are the market opportunities and margins look like for them? I mean, we talked about the volatility. That's an opportunity. And we've seen the volatility up and down. We'll go back to Black Sea. You know, Russia, I think it's now been almost three weeks, you know, pulled out of the grain agreement and said, ah, you know, you bombed us and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, three days later, they were back in because they got a lot of backlash. So we saw wheat market go 50 cents higher and we saw wheat market go 50 cents lower. So that volatility provides you opportunities. And so we, we want to encourage farmers and, you know, this is a, a bit of a banker's sermon in some ways and I'm sure they've heard it, but we always want to emphasize it, is that when those opportunities arise, you need to take a part of them. But first, you have to understand what are your margins? What are your costs? And we know the costs will be higher this year. That's just, again, the reality where we are today. But the market has given you opportunities to lock in margins that are positive. And when we look at 23, what we've seen is that, yes, we know costs are going to be high. But as we see going to 23, we see revenue side, the cost side, or the price side be good to give positive margins. When we started the analysis back in late spring, early summer, we were like, well, it's going to be break-even, maybe some negative margins for corn and soybean producers. But as we've gone through the year and seen the prices, we see that revenue side good to give good margins. But the, the message is, understand that margin, know exactly where you need to be, and when that opportunity rises, you know, hit the single, to use a baseball analogy, hit that single, or we could use, we could use a, a Packer analogy, you know, hit that, that short pass to get that first down, um, you know, rather than try to go for the home run. And, you know, you hit a lot of singles or short passes, eventually, you know, you run a run in or you get a touchdown. So um, that's really what we want to encourage producers to think about and be a little bit more just watch that market closely. That's the other thing. This is not a market to be walk away for a month and then say, oh, it'll be fine. You've got to be paying attention. Um, and if you're not, make sure you have someone paying attention for you. And that, again, some good, solid advice. With uh, Steve Nicholas, global sector strategist with Robble Bank Trends. I don't think I'd use the Packer analogy. They're, <laughs> they're losers this year. I don't think we want to use that analogy, do we? Absolutely not. Uh, I think you were better off with the hit a single instead. That's right. All right. So coming up, we're going to find out about some markets. What time is it? 28 and a half minutes after 5 o'clock. 6 degrees right now, but it'll warm up nicely today. 33, then 43 tomorrow. But on the weekend, Saturday, it's only going to be 17 for the high. It's December in Wisconsin. (laughs) Welcome to it, whether you want to be here or not. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Almost 5.30 in the morning. That means we got to find out what's going on with those markets. Rocky Olson joins us. 
from over at Premier Livestock. Well, is the lot pretty empty right now with all the uh, equipment gone, uh, the sale you had? They're chiseling away at it, but uh, it, still, it still comes slow. Oh, that's right. Well, maybe by Christmas it'll all be gone. There you go. All right, we'll see what happens. You got another one of those things lined up for the spring? Yeah, we do. We'll uh, we'll be having another sale in March. Oh, oh, in March. All right, good yep. for you. Yep. Well, uh, that's still a ways away. Let's uh, get to current events. What's been going on so far this week over there at Premier Livestock Rocky? Uh, thank you, Bob. Good morning, everyone. This uh, yesterday's dairy cattle auction shaped up. We sold over 300 head of dairy cattle yesterday. Uh, market was extremely, extremely strong yesterday. Quality, though, was excellent. Uh, we saw the top Supreme Holstein fresh cows from 2,200 to 3,000. I mean, tons and tons of cows over 2,500 yesterday. Uh, decent cows, 14 to 2,175. We saw top dry cows in that herd up to 2,600. Uh, we had a 93 cow herd, a uh, good herd of cows, guys. But, I mean, all the cows in the herd, the blemish cows, the three-quartered cows, uh, they're all in there. They average 1965 on that 93 cow herd. Uh, also sold a nice Jersey herd, uh, top uh, Jersey cows from 1,800 up to 2,700. Uh, top Holstein spring and heifers 14 to 2,100. Next week, uh, Tuesday, uh, that'll be our special feeder cattle auction. We're also selling bred beef cows. We're expecting six to 800 head. Uh, full list of those consignments on the website. Lots of nice cattle for that sale. Then next Wednesday, uh, we got a stellar lineup of dairy cattle. We got uh, high quality dairy cattle once again. Uh, here's 40 fresh two year olds uh, they're going to be all uh, Jersey Holstein crosses. They're the extreme fancy kind. Lots of 80 to 100 pound heifers in there. Uh, they're coming from Kemper Farms, uh, some of the best ones that we sell. Uh, several top loads of fresh two and three year olds. Got one load of all registered cows coming out of one of the better herds in Minnesota. Uh, several reputation consigners for next week. Full listings at Premier Livestock and Auctions.com. Questions, call us at Premier 715 229 2500. And that's how it shaped up, Bob. So besides next March, the machinery sale, what else you got? Horse sales or anything special sales coming up? I, I always, I'm always the cattle guy. I must think of when is our next horse sale scheduled. So that's a good question. i got to find that out. All right. Well, you do that. That's your assignment. And we'll talk oh, to you later. All right. Sounds good, Bob. Have a good day. There he goes. That's Rocky over there at Premier Livestock in the Withy area. And uh, we're going to take a look at our uh, weather. We'll get uh, Mike Dandry in here in a moment. But uh, speaking of weather, Kenny Mahalko has been up in the Gilman area. He's been one of our faithful rainfall reporters for years and years and years. When we used to send out the cards, and then we kind of got to the computers and send it in an email. But uh, Kenny said, uh, please accept the rainfall report for 2022, our computer would not uh, verify each monthly report, but uh, Kenny keeps good records. Just going through the uh, season with Kenny up there in the Gilman area, and uh, some interesting numbers. April, 2.9 inches. May, 2.5 inches of rain. June, 1 inch. July, 1.2 inches. August, 9.5. September, 3.9. October, 8 tenths. Total was uh, 21.8 inches from April through October. He said the second crop finally grew and was harvested in late August. No third crop except for grazing. And hay, corn, soybeans, and oats all did well. 
And uh, so, again, they missed the heavy Kadat and Rust County rainfalls, those heavy doses that they got. But interesting stuff. One inch in June, 1.2 inches in July. Kenny Mahalko up there in the Gilman area. Kenny, we, we thank you for that as we take a look at that uh, weather report from up in that area. All right, Mike Dandria, next we're going to talk about the weather. <laughs> it's December, it's Wisconsin, and you'll hear why. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It is December and welcome to it. Whether you want to be here or not, we are here. Let's find out what Mother Nature is bringing us for the first part of December weather-wise. That means Mike Dandry over at Skywarn 13 is with us. Morning, Mike. Good morning, Bob. How are we doing? Well, we're doing well. Not bad out there this morning, but uh, some folks got minus signs in front of their temperatures, huh? Yeah, it's a little cold this morning as uh, we welcome meteorological winter and, of course, the start of December. But What does uh, that mean, meteorological winter? So, basically, we compare each month, or excuse me, like uh, sets of three months instead of, you know how, like, the astronomical winter could start on December 22nd some oh, years yeah. Oh, yeah. and 21st on some years years. Well, if you started on December 1st every year for meteorological winter, it makes it easier to compare uh, year-to-year comparisons. So that's why we have uh, the start, the first of the month as the start of uh, meteorological seasons. Well, this first day of winter, that isn't too bad. Yeah, well, uh, later on it won't be so bad. Well, that's what I mean, later (laughs) on. But uh, yeah, this morning starting off a little on the chilly side, but today we'll start to see those winds pick up quite a bit out of the south, and that could blow around some of the snow. Now, we may have a little bit of cloud cover to kick us off, but we'll become more sunny uh, going into the afternoon with highs around the freezing point today. Now, later on tonight, it'll still be rather breezy with a southerly wind between 15 to 20 miles per hour, keeping us relatively mild tonight as we cool it off only to about the upper 20s. Now, tomorrow we'll have a few clouds into the morning, and we'll really hold on to those throughout most of the day. Maybe just a chance at some snow showers, maybe some rain mixing in with that as well as our highs get into the low 40s. But a better chance arrives going into tomorrow night, and those winds are going to pick up quite a bit. We could see sustained winds getting close to 30 miles per hour as well, with winds uh, gusting upwards of 40 to 45 miles per hour. So tie down Frosty the Snowman. We don't want to see him rolling around the prairies, much like you said yesterday, Bob. Otherwise, uh, Saturday, more sunshine, but colder and blustery with highs only into the upper teens. Sunday, a little bit warmer as we continue on with the roller coaster ride of temperatures, upper 20s, and Monday into the mid-20s for our highs, maybe just a chance at some flurries. Same with Tuesday, but a little on the cooler side with mid-teens for our highs and staying into the teens for Wednesday with a mostly cloudy sky. But right now, we have a few clouds streaming in and a temperature of 5 degrees in Eau Claire. Did you hear me earlier when I was I was bowling last night? And I was talking to some guys. Yeah, we're ice fishing already. Yeah, I I just can't believe that. I mean, my brother in law was at. Uh, I mean, of course, it's way up north, but Red Lake in Minnesota. Yeah. Well, these guys, some guy up by Miller Dam, up by Boomer, and wow, points north of that. So, hmm. Well, I mean, maybe I'll have to get out on the lake soon then. Well, take your life jacket. Wear a life jacket, won't <laughs> yeah. you? Might have to, and bundle up, too. Uh, what is it right now, 5 degrees? 5 degrees. All right, well, I'll make a little ice out there. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, not bad. Hey, have a good one. You too, Bob. There he goes. That's Mike Dandry over there at Skywarn 13, and uh, he's got our weather, of course. How about we get uh, some news? We'll catch up with Morgan next. But again, Farm Bureau getting ready for convention this weekend down in Wisconsin Dells. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 22 minutes before 6 o'clock. 
Let's get some news. Morgan McCarthy is in the newsroom. Good morning, Morgan. Hey, good morning, Bob. Now, you like to eat naturally and do that sort of stuff. You, you ice fish? You're ice fished? <laughs> I like to fish when the water's water. <laughs> you know, I, I love uh, getting any fish that people want to throw my way in the winter, but to me, that's uh, that's a, somebody that's built hardier to sit out on the ice. That's their sport, but you I'll summer your, fish. You want your ice in a glass. You know, that's where it seems to work best. I guess so, but... <laughs> All right, we won't get a fishing update from you, but what else have you got? Well, we'll uh, pull some headlines out. How about that? Good morning. We reel them in, and here's what we're learning today. Now, you're probably watching this real time, and if so, then you heard that a report released revealed that Eau Claire County Sheriff Ron Kramer's death in September was due to suicide. Eau Claire Police Chief Matt Roke is here speaking at that press conference saying, We don't want to sensationalize this, but we don't want to ignore it as well. Um, our first responders, our police officers, firefighters have a very difficult job. Um, they deal with very difficult subject matter on a daily basis. Uh, we need to recognize that. Roka said mental health services and peer support are essential for those on the front lines of public safety. Kramer, who died in September, had recently announced his retirement after years as Eau Claire County Sheriff. As we look to other headlines in the state, it's official now. Waukesha County Judge Jennifer Duro, who gained international attention presiding over the Daryl Brooks trial, has made it official. She's running for state Supreme Court. After my trial responsibilities settled down, I sat down with my family and close friends. After many discussions and a lot of prayer, I reached the conclusion that now is the right time for me and my family to pursue what I hope will be the next chapter of my judicial career. The self-described judicial conservative is running to secede retiring conservative justice, Patience Rogensack, who Duro praised during that announcement. Uh, she's the fourth candidate in the race. Voters, you'll narrow the field to two in a February primary. Related to that and on a different note, the Waukesha Christmas Parade Killer has begun an appeal. 715 Newsroom coverage with John DeMaster. Daryl Brooks Jr. this week filed the paperwork to challenge his conviction on over 70 counts, including six counts of first-degree homicide. Brooks wrote in a handwritten note that there are clear issues of the law and legal facts about the case. Brooks is serving six consecutive life terms for killing six people and injuring 60 others in the attack on last year's Christmas parade. He acted as his own lawyer throughout the case. I'm John DeMaster. Well, if you're looking to go wheels up, Sun Country will be here and put wheels down soon at the Chippewa Valley Regional Airport. There will be a ceremony later today to mark that change, and they're offering flights per week to Minneapolis-St. Paul and some places like Florida and Vegas as well. And we're going to hop a plane and go to the Big Apple, where yesterday it was made official. A little soggy in New York to ring it in, but the holiday season officially lights up tall with the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree. <laughs> Two, one. And Norway spruce is pretty tall, stretching high into the sky with 50,000 LED lights. And after the season ends, that tree will be taken down and milled into lumber that will be donated to Habitat for Humanity. We send it back to the barn with Bob Jill and the Midwest Farm Show on Wax 104.5. You put up a Christmas tree at your house? Okay, yes, uh, we have, except until the puppy's older. Oh, it's become yes, yes. a ta- It's become a tabletop tree. Now, usually <laughs> we had a floor tree, but the last couple of Christmases, because of the puppy, we're going tabletop. She likes to think that's a challenge to collect all those ornaments as toys. Boy, and it doesn't take them long either. Man, they see it and... 
bang, they got a half of it down. You know, I tell you, I worked a lot harder putting it up two years ago than she did taking it down. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I learned sure. my lesson. That's for sure. Yeah, she's on the naughty list this year. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, as long as it's her and not you. Yeah, for once. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> Thanks, Morgan. Anytime, Bob. Morgan McCarthy in the newsroom this morning. And we're about 17 minutes before 6 o'clock. we got markets, more news, some calendar items. It's a busy morning. Five degrees right now. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Ethanol is in the news. Jill, what's that story all about? Support for making E15 ethanol available year-round in this country got a boost this week with the introduction of Consumer and Fuel Retailer Choice Act in the U.S. Senate. The bill was introduced by a bipartisan group of senators that included Democratic Wisconsin Senator Tammy Baldwin. Supporters of the bill say it would harmonize fuel volatility regulations for ethanol-blended fuels by allowing year-round E15 sales at conventional gas stations. The bill has support from the National Corn Growers, Renewable Fuels Association of America, Growth Energy, and the American Petroleum Institute. And uh, again, the November Class 3 price came. We'll look at calendar here in a moment. Jill's putting that together right now. But the November Class 3 price came out. 2101, that's down 80 cents from October, but $3.98 higher than last November, and we'll have more information on that tomorrow. But again, the November Class 3 is 2101. And if you want to update your 590 nutrient management plan, uh, Eau Claire County is helping you out here. What's that all about, Jill? Because there's a series of meetings, but they start today, right? They do. They start. The first one is today from 1 to 4 at the Ag and Resource Center in Altoona. And that's nutrient management. It's put on by the Eau Claire County Land Conservation Division. And we've got a whole bunch of other stuff. The voting is open for the FSA County Committee elections. Your balance, Your ballots must be postmarked by December 5th. So if you received a ballot in the mail, make sure you get it postmarked and sent out by December 5th. Yeah, every year, one-third of the county votes because these are three-year terms, so it just cycles around. So if you're in that one-third of your county, you should have your ballot and make sure it's in or postmarked by December 5th. What else is happening? So the Kiwanis Club of Chippewa Falls is having their annual Farm City Banquet this year on Wednesday, December 7th. From noon to one thirty, but you need to RSVP by December first. And there's a question, or there's a if you've got a card, make sure you send it back right away, or give them a call to Stephen Menon, seven one five seven two three sixty sixty one. And if you're hungry for fish fry, the Saint Olaf Parish tomorrow night on December second is having their fish all you can eat fish fry. It's a sit-down meal, or you can walk up and carry out. You can have all kinds of fish, french fries, potatoes. Ooh, sounds good. Serving from 4 to 7 p.m. And, of course, we've got some of our farm organizations going to be down in Wisconsin Dells here the the next couple of weeks, starting uh, tomorrow, I do believe. and Well, I know it for the Farm Bureau, but what's that all about? Absolutely. The Farm Bureau is down there with a Young Farmer and Agricultural Conference. In the annual meeting, that's December 2nd through the 5th at the Kalahari Resort. Visit the website to find out more. 
And, of course, the, the next weekend, it's the Wisconsin Farmers Union. They'll be in the Dells, too, for their annual convention, and that'll be at Chula Vista Resort. So, again, lots of things coming up. But, again, today, Nutrient Management 590 plans down at the uh, – or just over here in Altoona at the uh, Ag Resource Center over there. So, again, if you want update your 590 plan or – heaven forbid you haven't written one you got to get that done so again nutrient management plans and they're there to help you get it done 13 minutes before six o'clock and uh we should uh go to some of the markets here where are we going to start let's go to sparta equity oh we're going to go to baron equity and hear from amber for fed cattle high yielding choice holstein steers sold from 130 to 145.50 choice holstein steers sold from 115 to 129 unfinished steers and heifers sold 114 and down cull cows top 20 percent sold from 68 to 86 topping at 87.50 60 percent sold from 52 to 67 20 percent sold from 51 and down for cull bulls they sold from 70 to 85 Calves, quality Holstein bull calves sold 75 to 142.50, topping at 147.50. Light and poor quality calves sold 70 and down. Beef calves sold 100 to 240. Our next sheep and goat sale is December 17th. If you have any questions, please contact Al or the Baron Market at 715-537-5618. For those who work in acres... Not an hour. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's 12 minutes before 6 o'clock. Five degrees out there. Now we're going to head down to Sparta Equity and hear from Hut Eman. Fed cattle selling steady today with the high yielding choice beef steers and heifers 153 to 163 with the top of 165.50. The choice and select beef steers and heifers 142 to 152. The dairy cross steers 132 to 147. The high yielding choice Holstein steers 137 to 145. The choice and select Holstein steers 126 to 136 with unfinished steers, heifers, and heavy steers 125 and down. Cow market today was steady to lower. With the high yielding cows bringing 66 to 76, the cutters and utilities 50 to 65, with the low yielding and canner cows 49 and down. Bull market steady with most bulls bringing 75 to 90 with the thin, full, and bulls over a ton discounted at 74 and down. Calves today sold by the pound with a steady market with 80% of the Holstein bull calves bringing from 80 to 150. The quality Holstein heifer calves 30 cents to a dollar. The quality beef calves 210 to 360 with the light and poor quality calves 10 to 60 cents per pound. Just a reminder, our next sale will be Thursday, December 1st for our special dairy and feeder cattle sale with dairy cattle starting at 12 noon followed by feeders at 12.30. This is Hot Eamon to Equity Livestock in Sparta with this marketing update and we thank you for your business. Pre-plan for your future at smithfuneralec.com. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. All right, it's five degrees over here. I don't know what it is in central Wisconsin, but we're going to find out right now because Jerry Fitzgerald joins us from over the Stratford Sale Barn over in Noel. He's in western Marathon County. What's your thermometer say this morning, Jerry? Well, good morning to you, Bob. We are at 10 balmy degrees. Oh, good. You're nice and warm. That's a, that's a good thing. Well, let's uh, get on to the market report here, buddy. What, uh, what's been happening this week? It's Thursday already. Yes, it is. Bob, thank you, and good morning, everyone. A summary from uh, yesterday, Wednesday here at Equity Stratford, and uh, a large run of feeder cattle yesterday, and we'll give the updates on the prices on the feeder cattle. Lighter weight beef steers yesterday, from mostly from 135 to 195. Your four to six weight beef steers from 120 to 185. Six to 
gateway beef steers yesterday, 115 to 172, and the heavier beef steers, mostly from 105 to 135. Lightweight beef heifers, 130 to 195. Your middleweight beef heifers are selling mostly from uh, 120 to 155. Heavier beef heifers, a dollar to a dollar 35. Holstein feeder steers yesterday, all about all weights of the Holsteins are from 92 to 122. In the market auction yesterday, on the cow market yesterday, a steady trend on the cows. High yielding fleshy uh, Holstein cows yesterday, selling mostly from 72 to 83. We had a lot of fancy beef cows yesterday sell from 82 up to a top of 87 and a half. Uh, most of your cows so far this week, 52 to 72. Thinner cows, like carcass cows, below the $52 money. On the Fed cattle trade yesterday, choice grading beef steers and heifers are selling mostly from $1.28 to $1.44. Uh, choice grading Holstein steers, uh, they're selling from 118 to 137 Select under finished cattle, 114 and down. On the bull market this week, better quality bulls are selling from 82 to 95 Lighter bulls below 80 Calf market, good quality Holstein bull calves, mostly from 75 to 150 uh, Earlier in the week, a lot of these bull calves on Monday's auction up to a top of 205. Heifer calves, uh, 25 to 45. Good quality beef calves, 150 to 300. And again, we topped earlier in the week on those up to 360. And like Bob said, we are on Thursday already. Our auction does start here this morning at 11 o'clock. Uh, market auction today with the market cows, uh, fed cattle, market bull, baby calves. Uh, those will be uh, after dinner about 12, 1230. And we do want to remind the folks again of the um, dairy auction here at Equity Stratford. That will be next Tuesday, December 6th. We've got a complete herd dispersal, folks. If you're looking for some good quality cows, uh, this will be the sale to come to. They're tied, all milked, and housed, left outside uh, all the, uh, every day. Cows are averaging right now at 80 pounds of milk, a 4-1 fat, very low somatic at 90. Again, a real nice herd. The owner is retiring, so a good opportunity to buy some good cows here, folks. And we'll also have some springing heifers on that sale. So, again, information on our website. Just check that out, Equity Co-op. Click on the Stratford page, and you'll have more information on this good herd. Again, that'll be next Tuesday, December the 6th. And, Bob, we're in December now, and, well, I'll tell you, it sort of feels like it. Yeah, it does. And, it's, uh, well, it'll feel like it on Saturday. The high's only going to be 17, but a couple of pretty nice days before that. Have a good one, Jerry. We'll talk to you in the morning. You bet. Thank you much. There he goes, Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. And our market's brought to you by Synergy Cooperative. On the Board of Trade, the market was mixed yesterday. Beans were higher on good demand for soybean meal. Corn was down, slow exports and slower ethanol demand. And overnight, it was down across the board. March corn down 3 to 4 cents, sitting at 6.63 this morning. Oats down a penny at 3.84. March wheat down 7 at 7.88. March soybeans down 9 to 10 cents a bushel at 14.65. And soybean meal, that was up a dollar and a half for March for 17.50. Country elevator prices today. Wheat and grain, Chippewa Falls location, corn's at 608 with soybeans at 1397. At the Connersville location, corn's at 599 with soybeans at 1387. On the DTN screen at Golden Plump, corn today is 619, Baldwin 618 on the corn, 1388 on the beans, Duran 609 and 1382, corn at Mondovi 620 a bushel, beans 1387, Elmwood 618 and 1392 are the numbers. Fall Creek, corn is $6 even, the beans 1362, Osseo 623 and 1392 out at Elk Mound, the corn 611. Soybeans 1386 down at uh, Melrose Farm Service Sparta. 
Corn 607, beans 1368, Ellsworth 588 and 1338, Ethanol Plants, Boyceville 614 for the corn, Stanley and the Richmond 617. Barrel cheese 181 and three quarters, up a cent and three quarters yesterday. Blocks down two and a half, 206 and a half. Butter down a half at 292 and a half. December class three down two at 1983. January down 19 at 1942. February down 21 in 1943, March down 16 at 1965, and April, that was down 7 at 1980, and again, the official November Class 3 came out yesterday at 2101. And right now, we've got 5 degrees, 33, partly cloudy day today for the start of December. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi and the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.